You're listening to the Dreamer in the Details podcast with me, Dylan Ferlano. I'm an entrepreneur, photographer, and your biggest cheerleader along this journey. I'll be here with some of my favorite bloggers, influencers, business owners, and more to help you dream bigger and get all of the details on how to make those dreams come true. Think of this as your personal invitation to our group chat. We're so excited to have you. So today on the podcast, we have Whitney. Whitney is a fashion blogger, influencer, all around just like hilarious person, especially in her Instagram stories. But I will say that today we're having a slightly more serious conversation. We are talking about um, infertility and the series that Whitney recently did on her Instagram about things that she wishes people who didn't struggle with infertility knew and having the conversation about family all that kind of stuff. So if that's something you feel like you want to listen to, feel free to continue listening on. If that's something you feel like is not for you today, I totally understand. You can turn this off and we'll catch you another time. Today on the podcast, we have Whitney. Whitney is a fashion blogger and my Southern queen from Tennessee. (laughs) And she's just so fun online and she posts so much thoughtful content. So I'm so excited to have her today. Whitney, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I am so excited to be here, Dylan. You have absolutely no idea. (laughs) You've made my life. I'm so excited we get to chat. I feel like we have, we're like internet friends, but this is the first time we're really getting to chat. So now we're kind of like one more step towards being real friends. For sure. For sure. This is really exciting for everyone to witness. Um, Can you tell us, Whitney, about your blog, about what you get up to online and how that all started for you? Sure. Um, I started my Instagram. I mean, like everybody starts their Instagram just to, you know, make edits on photos back in like what, 2016 or something. Um, And then it's like COVID rolled around and my, I was just not bored, but I was just ready for something. And my husband and my family encouraged me to um, do what I had seen others do and followed others doing, which was post outfits online, post fashion. And I really wanted to do that because I didn't see a lot of plus size representation out there. And so um, slowly but surely, I kind of started being more intentional and thoughtful with what I was posting and trying to be a resource for others who found themselves in the same boat as me, where to find affordable plus size outfits that weren't frumpy, ugly, boring. Um, And it's slowly kind of evolved into more than that. Um, I talk about a lot on my Instagram. Um, Of course, plus size fashion, beauty, uh, just lifestyle stuff, what's going on. Um, I love to be a cheerleader for everybody. If somebody um, is doing something amazing, I'm going to be the first one to call it out because I just... I, I want people to come to my Instagram account and feel encouraged and um, I guess leave or click off feeling better than when they got there. Uh, and then I slowly started to talk about um, things that have happened in our lives. Like uh, my husband and I deal with infertility and I have found um, talking about that on stories and in reels to be very healing and cathartic for me. And that's kind of branched off into its own little kind of community of people who started following for that reason as well. And um, I've, you know, really built connections from several different aspects, but that's kind of the wheel of fortunes game show speed. 
reach it out <laughs> my little corner of Instagram. I love that description of your corner because I do feel like it's a wheel of fortune. Like, are we going to get an amazing taco recipe? Maybe. Yeah, we don't know. We're going to get could some be. fashion. Like, we just we just don't know. Um, yeah. So I love that. And I always leave your stories um, generally with a smile on my face or something to think about or something that I've saved because I want to go back to. So I always appreciate that. I love that. that. Thank you. So to, we are, though, you're on the podcast today and we had decided that we were going to talk about something a little bit um, more serious. We're not going to mm-hmm. have, we're not going to do the super fun um, influencer stuff today, maybe another day. Yeah. But, um, you had posted a little while ago, some stories, as you were saying about your journey with infertility, and you had been posting things like um, something that folks with infertility wish you knew. And then kind of the flip side of that is like, were things like um, things that folks who don't struggle with infertility wish you knew. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that, both of those, I felt like it was just a conversation that I don't feel like we see a lot of the time. We sort of see this mm-hmm. conversation from either one side or the other, but not mm-hmm. two people who come at this from different ways having the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, so that's kind of what we're going to talk about today on the podcast and just kind of my perspective, your perspective, and just sorting through some of the feelings and conversation mm-hmm. topics and comments people make and all that stuff. Yes. So can you start and just tell us your journey with infertility? Of course. Um, so I, my husband and I always knew that infertility was going to be part of our story. I have not actually talked about this on my Instagram, but um, the reason for our infertility is because I have a tumor on my pituitary gland that affects my fertility. And it's not as uncommon of a tumor as people think, but for most women, they can have it removed or they can shrink it with medicine. Um, mine is actually medication resistant and wrapped around my carotid artery. So it's not surgically um, removable. And because of that, my pituitary gland is so damaged that um, I don't ovulate and I don't, um, I don't have the ability to naturally, I guess, um, which I, I really hate the word naturally, but I don't have the ability to just um, medically get pregnant and sustain a pregnancy. And so we always knew that it was going to be part of what we walked through. Um, we definitely thought that we would have more options than we have ended up having, but we have been married. It'll be four years this September. And it's been something that we've navigated since the very beginning. It wasn't one of those situations where we were like, let's just be married a little bit. Um, we're older and we're, we also knew we were going to have some, um, struggle there. So we've kind of started tackling it right away and have been unsuccessful in becoming pregnant for this entire time. So it has been something that for me has been one of the hardest, if not the hardest things that I've had to deal with, because there's so many facets to it. There's the facet of watching other people, you know, easily get pregnant or um, watching others be parents, um, watching my husband watch other people um, be parents, be dads. Um, And so it's just there's guilt. There's so many emotions that come along with it. And finally, one day I decided if I feel this way, there's other people who feel this way too. And um, I'm just going to talk about it. I'm just going to throw it out there and I'm going to start talking about it because it isn't talked about enough, like you said. And so, um, yeah, that's just my nutshell of a story uh, of how we came to deal with it. And um, 
how long we've been dealing with it. Just before we get into some of that, can you talk a little bit about the response to that you've gotten? Because I think uh, this is my perception is that um, infertility is actually much more common than mm -hmm. folks think it is, but because nobody talks about it, everybody assumes that yeah. it, it, it isn't that common. So do, did you see um, a surprising amount of outpouring or people saying, yes, I'm also navigating this? Yeah, I mean, people who I had had other conversations with who had commented on outfits or we talked about recipes or just other things that I share. Um, we had those conversations before. And when I started talking about it, they reached back out to me and they were like, you know, my husband and I dealt with this or, you know, my husband and I are dealing with this or, you know, whatever. And I, I was amazed because I'm like, I'm not alone. You're not alone. But I think everybody's been feeling like we are for the longest time, um, especially if you don't know somebody in real life. I guess I say that with air quotes, real life. Um, if you don't know somebody that you see or frequently or are friends with that's dealt with it, it can feel very isolating uh, because you don't want to talk about it with somebody who doesn't understand it. But I feel like that's also part of the problem is that the two, the two sides or the, the sides aren't having that conversation. And so there's misunderstanding, which leads to a whole domino effect of negative emotions, right? Like, because if you don't understand something, you're just going to put up a barrier uh, unless you work to understand it. So that can be from all aspects. And that's why I kind of started that series that you referenced in the beginning. Um, we just had National Infertility Awareness Week, which I didn't even realize was a thing until I was dealing with it myself. And I thought, you know, there's there's things on both sides that need to come to light. There's things on both sides that need to be talked about. Um, so I put up a question, I put up a series of question boxes on my Instagram stories and I asked, have you dealt with infertility? Um, if you have, what's something that you want those who haven't to know? And if you haven't, what's something that you want those who have to know? Because I think that if we can bridge that gap, it'll just make it that much I don't know if easier is the right word, but it'll just make it that much better to walk this road than it is to be alone walking it. I feel like if we can figure out how to cross over um, into understanding on both sides or on all sides, then it'll make it the journey that much, I guess, easier would be the right word. It's not easy, but easier. Yeah, I, I agree. But I, I'll be, you know, very honest that when I first saw that series and I first had this idea of having you on the podcast, I was a little bit worried about telling you that, like, I have known for really most of my, you know, life that having a family was not something that I felt like mm -hmm. was in the future for me based on, sure. you know, my own choice. And I sure. was so worried to say that to you to you know, how I was worried I would seem selfish. And I think I had oh, some gosh. guilt too. Like, how do I say to someone who wants something, you know, so bad? So bad. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I haven't had any testing done. So like, I guess I don't truly know, but as far as I know, you know, that would be something that could be in the cards for me if I, if I wanted it. And I just, right. as far as I know, you know, I don't. And I had a, you know, I was really worried to say that to you and felt a lot of guilt too, I think. And can you talk a little bit about that? And you can you can tell me I'm selfish if you want to. <laughs> oh, gosh, no. no. I mean, here's the thing, Dylan. Like, you know, my choice to want children is 
just as valid as your choice to not want children. Um, that is a personal decision that everybody has to make. And I think that there's nothing wrong with, with anybody's decision, whichever way they go. Um, and, and that's a thing that I think too, I mean, I can't speak for everybody, obviously. I haven't been granted those powers, but um, I, you know, for me, I've, I've always wanted to be a mom, but for someone to not want to be a mom, there's nothing wrong with. Now, other people might think there's something wrong with it, but that's that's a reflection on something within themselves and not um, understanding of, of what somebody else has the ability of a choice to make. I will say that, you know, everybody... Um, well, you know, the way that I think about it is not everybody is called to do everything. Not everybody is called to, to be everything. Um, and as we experience our life and as we go through life, we make choices based on what we feel like we're led to do. And so for me, I think that your choice to not experience parenthood is just as amazing as somebody's choice to experience parenthood or somebody's desire to experience parenthood. Um, because there are things that people without children will be able to do that somebody with children might not have been able to do, or not even because the presence or lack of children, but everybody's life has a different purpose. And I think it's amazing that you're in tune with yourself to know, hey, this is something that I don't feel like is right for me. But I do wonder, because when we had that conversation on, you know, Instagram message, I was thinking about it for a long time afterwards. And I wonder if you feel the pressure to to be a parent. I mean, do you feel the pressure of that? Or is it, um, you know, I think as women, it's like ingrained in us to be moms. So I was curious about your experience in, in you know, not feeling that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this could be like a whole separate podcast, but absolutely. I think that um, because I, I'm not, I'm in a long-term relationship, but I'm, I'm not married. And mm -hmm. I have always been very clear on the fact that I, you know, being a mom is not, is not in my path or my purpose. Sure. As you were um, sure. But the comments that people make, um, the judgments that people make, um, I think that that also plays into it, right? Going back to the, sure. when I told you, you could say that I was selfish, you know, I think that there are people who think that because I don't want to be a parent or I'm not married, I'm selfish. You know, I've had people say, you know, horrible things about what will the rest of my life look like? Like, will it have a purpose? Like, how is there, you know, so people say really um, unkind things that I, I think are meant well, I think. Yeah. Um, but, I, and I don't know too, if they feel like it's a, it's a judgment on their life, which I don't mean it as, and don't think it is right. I don't judge other people for wanting to have children. Like that's sure. Or be married. But I, I sometimes wonder if, if that is a little bit of it too, if, if they take it as like, well, because I don't have children, I'm judging them for it. And, you know, that's a thing that we really have to like stop telling people is that their greatest calling in life is to be a parent or the greatest calling in life is to be a parent. You know, you see like everything from social media posts to, you know, Mother's Day cards to speeches or, you know, things about how the greatest 
thing that a person can do is be a parent. And that's just not true. And that completely invalidates everything else that we're able to accomplish in this world. Now, it may be an individual person's greatest thing they've ever done, or it may be an individual person's greatest accomplishment that they've ever had. But it's not a, a blanket statement that anybody should be making because it invalidates, like I said, everything else that is so amazing. I mean, honestly, businesses that people are able to build, um, experiences that they're able to have, awards that they're able to win, differences that they're able to make in people's lives um, have nothing to do with someone's parental status. And um, and so it just irks me when I hear that, like, it's the greatest calling in life. Well, it may be yours, but it's not everyone's. Um, and that it just, I get so pissed when I hear that, you know, because it invalidates people who can't have children. It invalidates people who make the decision not to have children. Um, and I think too, Dylan, like, when you, what you were saying about their their judgment, those type of people, those types of people are the first people who, if you had a child, would be criticizing your parenting. So, I mean, you're we're not going to please everybody. And, and that's the thing, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's your choice. And the people who can respect that are the ones you need to have in your life and the ones who can't respect it, that that's their choice not to respect it. Just like it's your choice not to have children. Yeah, no, that was, that was really beautifully said. Oh my God, Whitney, you're so great. You're just so, oh, so full of. Let's talk all day. <laughs> yeah. Right. This is, this is just, yeah, this is going to be like the days long podcast. We'll just never stop. Um, I love talking. it. But speaking of things that people say, this I know is something that we've talked a little bit about. And this is something mm -hmm. I wanted, I really wanted to make sure we talked about. And I know you and I were hoping we could go through a couple of those to kind of give people a different perspective on some of the common things that people say that actually can be hurtful or um, yeah. disappointing, but they don't mean it to be. Yeah, I could literally write a book, literally write a book on the things that people have said. And, you know, I think it's it's interesting because there are some people who who do want to be hurtful, but I think the majority of people don't. It's they're trying desperately to say something helpful and it, it doesn't come off that way. So for the purposes of this discussion, I think, to talk about the people who don't mean to be hurtful, because the people who do just don't, they don't exist to me. Oh, for um, sure. Agree. 100%. <laughs> because if, if your intention is to be hurtful to somebody about anything in the anything, not just infertility, but anything, because there's people who message constantly that that outfit looks horrible on you. And I'm like, well, thank you so much. Um, you know, but especially something as sensitive as as fertility and infertility. Um, I get messages and I get people in, in daily life that say things and I'm just like, Oh, me, you know, it's, it's all right. Now, I have made the decision for myself not to be a, an offended person because I think that's a wasted set of emotions. Uh, and I haven't always been that way. I've worked really hard on it because I don't want to live my life walking around being pissed off about things that people have said. Um, I don't want anybody to have that much power over my my time, but I can, I can just tell you a couple things. So I had um, 
a, a very sweet person, a very dear person to me, um, make a comment in my presence one time to somebody else who was getting married. Um, and she said, oh my gosh, please make sure you take your birth control because you do not want to deal with pregnancy. And I was just like, oh god like i would and it, and it was because she was in the throes of a first trimester morning sickness situation um and i get exactly where she's coming from it's just it's so hard to hear as somebody who i would literally give my left kidney to vomit every hour on the hour for nine months um but you know you have to that's it again where understanding comes in and, and understanding that somebody's intent isn't malicious um but i also have people who say things like at least you can sleep in on the weekends or you know at least uh you know you don't have to worry about your house being a mess all the time or um it's it's quiet like or there's this really um common misconception that people without children just live a very carefree life and we can just pick up and go at any second there's a meme going around that says childless people be like want to go to africa on friday um and it's it's a funny thing and i get the humor side of it but also in, in the same regard um when you make comments about the freedom that somebody has as um not having children you have to remember that they would probably give up all of those freedoms just to have that child. Um, I would gladly wake up at three o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, not sleep at all. If it meant that I was up with a, a colicky baby. Um, and so I think when people try to say things like that, it's, they're trying to find those silver linings. But um, for me, I know, and everybody who deals with infertility, like, that's the thing. Even sometimes you'll talk to people who are going through infertility also, but it's still, you kind of feel alone because everybody's journey is so different with infertility. Um, for me, when, when people have asked me, you know, what can I say or what, you know, there's really, you don't have to say, that's the thing. Just be there, you know, just acknowledge, hey, this sucks. And as much as you want to talk to me or as little as you want to talk to me, I'm here. Um, as much as you want to complain, I'm here. Um, and and so, again, this is the people who don't mean to be hurtful um, in what they say. That's who I'm talking to when we have this conversation. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like I, we're not talking to the people who... Um don't mean well uh, we're hoping they're not listening to this podcast right i don't want yeah your absolutely i don't want your view whitney doesn't want your engagement on her stuff i don't like, want it we don't want I to hope take your it mac and cheese is dry <laughs> every you don't get the good taco recipes yeah no way. you can't you can't have my my taco salad recipe for sure absolutely not you don't deserve it hashtag um, banned <laughs> something i was thinking about as you were saying that is um how do you how do you feel when people ask you, oh, do you, do you have kids? Because I know that for me is a very weird thing because I'm immediately mm -hmm. trying to figure out how much information do I tell someone? Because if I say oh, gosh. no, yeah. sometimes, you know what I mean? Like it can, it can open up a Pandora's box that I don't really want to open, but I'm not yes. really sure how to answer, you know? So how do you, how do you feel when people ask you that? It's such a common question too, like in professional settings and like social settings. Um, I feel 
you know, it's, it's interesting because it's, it's one of those things that it's just, it's something that's always been asked, you know, oh, are you married? Do you have kids? What do you do for a living? You know, it's these, these really um, introductory type of questions, but I think slowly we're, we're getting into a time period where it's happening less and less. But um, when people ask me that, I, I just always say, um, not yet. Or I'll just say, no, we don't. Um, we keep busy in lots of other ways or, you know, that type of thing. And 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 usually I would say probably 98% of the time people just leave it alone. They're just looking for that like perfunctory answer of yes or no, or, you know, whatever. It's just, a, it's a kind of a check check the box question for them. Um, every once in a while, people will say, like, I, I was, um, this was about two years ago, I, we had hired a new girl at work. And she was like, do you have kids? And I was like, because I was talking about my husband, and she was like, do you have kids? And I said, I said, Oh, no, we don't. And she goes, Well, you better get hurry up on that. And I was just like, Okay, first of all, number one, are you calling me old? Secondly, um, that is such a weird thing to say to somebody like, are you a, like, I don't know. I, I I literally was stunned and it is Dylan. It's a lot to get me to not be able to just say something right back. And I think that my mouth just like hung wide open when she said that. But I think overall, when the question is asked, it's just to be asked and move on. Um, and that little sliver of people that want to continue it. I've gotten to the point where I will judge not judge, but I will um, kind of fill out where what their tone is um, and, and answer appropriately. Because if if you want to come snarky, I will come. I can come right back. Um, or if you're truly learn, wanting to learn, or you know, are interested, then I can I can come that way too. So I'll try to match the energy a little bit there. <laughs> I, I always think it's so funny because people do say that to me too. They're like, oh, you're getting older thing. And I always want to just look at them and be like, do you think I don't know how old I am? Like, do you think right. I don't know how biology works? Like, I get it. Right. I know how old I am. I understand the science. Like, you are not telling me. The whole me. hurry up thing <laughs> is just so ridiculous. I'm like, you're calling me old and, you know, also like attacking my fertility status. <laughs> this right. is like, like double whammy. Like, thank you. Yeah, I always I always wonder when people say stuff like that. Like, this is this is the angle we decided to take on this. You thought this was yeah. like, a good thing to say? Yeah. No, I don't know. I know um, I'm with you on that. It's it's people are wild though. You know, that's just one thing I've learned is that people are just they're wild. They are. It's like once they feel uncomfortable, and I'm not gonna say that I'm not guilty of saying something wild every once in a while, but like when people get uncomfortable, it's amazing what comes out of their mouths. And you're like, yes. you, really? What? Why'd you say that? And the speed at with which it comes out of their mouth. Oh. It's like they can't stop it. <laughs> like a Mack truck could not stop what's coming out of their mouth at that point. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Um, Whitney, I also want to ask you a little bit about, I know that your faith is very important to you. Mm -hmm. um, and I was wondering I how those two things maybe play together, if that's something you're comfortable with, because I know. Sure you know, faith and family, I know those two things really go hand in hand yeah. and kind of how I, I could see both sides, how that could be very comforting to have your faith, mm -hmm. but also how sometimes maybe people also say things in those settings where it can be again, harmful yeah. or something that they, they didn't mean that way. 
yeah comes off. I definitely have my fair share of experience there too I think it's it's so interesting because you know faith is a whole other topic that I could talk about for hours um because there's it's so nuanced and there's so many facets to it but um you know growing up in in a church environment it was just always known that you know you 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 grow up, you graduate high school, you go to college, you get your MRS degree, you know, you get married, you have children. Um, that's what my mom did. And that is what I intended to do. And my life took a different path than that anyway, and that I did not meet my husband until I was 35 years old. Um, and I very much had an entirely different life's path than I would have had if you had asked me how to, to put that together. But, you know, looking back on everything that I got to do and everything that I experienced and the way that it was just woven together so perfectly, um, much better than I could have ever done it. Because even my husband and I talk about a lot of times, you know, how we wish that we had met each other earlier. But, you know, one day I just looked at him and I said, you know what, Bill, when I was 21 years old, I would not have given you the time of day. And that's not a dig on my husband. That's a dig on me because I wasn't ready to be a wife. And so um, when I think about motherhood and, and parenthood and infertility um, in conjunction with my faith, it's um, it, sometimes my faith is the only thing that keeps me hanging on um, because Otherwise, this would be too hard for me. And I don't say faith in the sense of I know that I'm going to be a mom. I say faith in the sense of I know that no matter what happens, it's going to be okay. Um, because I've seen that so many times in my life. I've seen so many times where everything is is going to be fine because I'm not in charge here. Um, and thankfully, I'm not because I... I would make such a mess of every day if I were. Um, but being in the church, it's just, like I said earlier, kind of written out that you're going to get married and have babies. And so it's um, church is very mother focused. And especially with Mother's Day coming up, it's kind of a day I dread in the church every year. And I could get I could go into the whole church versus faith thing. That's a whole other rabbit hole to go down. But um, I've had plenty of experiences. One um, just a few years ago where I was in a, a women's class and the leader said, we're all mothers here. And then she saw me and she goes, well, everyone, but Whitney, but the rest of you will understand what I'm saying. Oh my and God. <laughs> I literally have never wanted to like melt into my chair so much. <laughs> like it was so, it was so mortifying. And I know at the in her heart, she meant nothing by it, but it's just such an uncomfortable position to be in because, you know, when you're not a parent, you're, you're constantly taught that you cannot relate to anything that parents go through. Um, you have no clue what they deal with. You, you don't know what stress is. You don't know what tired is. And, and that's simply not true, but it, when you hear it and you hear it from a person of, um, a, a sense of authority. It's, it's really hard and it's really embarrassing. And it's just kind of like, you know, this is in a, in a very caught off guard moment when you weren't expecting to have to deal with anything infertility in that moment. So um, it's, it's definitely, it's a 
really hard place to be in infertility, but it's also very comforting in the fact that I, I constantly remind myself that I'm not in control. The doctors aren't in control. Um, and whatever happens, whatever the, I guess, end of my infertility journey looks like, that's exactly what it's supposed to be. And, um, and I know that bigger and better things, if it's a baby, if it's not a baby, uh, are, are meant for me. Yeah. Wow. Um, you mentioned Mother's Day in there too. And I think this is, this is maybe the last thing we'll, we'll talk about is with social media being so prevalent, right? We see everyone's lives. And I feel like sometimes on certain days or certain things can feel like they are just everywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm thinking about Mother's Day and I'm also thinking about, um, pregnancy announcements online Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. If there's somebody listening who is maybe going to post that they're pregnant or post for Mother's Day or whatever, do you have any perspective on something that might make that feel more inclusive? I don't know. Do you do you kind of see what I'm what I'm asking you? Is it? <laughs> yeah, I know. I definitely see what you're saying. Um, you know, I, I'm probably going to have an unpopular answer within the infertility community when I say this, but. Um, that is their announcement to make and it's not their job in my opinion for them to make it inclusive of people with infertility um i really i always appreciate when i see people's announcements you know if you're struggling or you know i'm sensitive to that like i and that is so appreciated but in my opinion it's not necessary and and here's why because i look at it like the presence of someone else's baby is not the absence of mine. It's not the lack of mine. Um, I'm not owed a baby ever. Um, I'm not owed being pregnant ever. And so because someone else is, it's not like a cheerleading squad, right? Like there's only 10 spots and every person's name that gets called is less chance that yours is. Um, It doesn't work that way. And so for me to think that I would take, something away from someone's announcement um it's it doesn't make it any less hard to read but i don't think it's their job to make it easier for us to read if that makes sense yeah no i think that you're such a beautiful person with <laughs> like, uh, well let me tell you dylan and i will i would not lie to you and tell you when i read some i'm not like what in the world like i mean you know i in fact december of 2020 um, Christmas Eve, my brother and sister-in-law announced their pregnancy. And it was the coincidentally the same day that we had our 13th negative test in a row. Um, and it was a really, really hard thing uh, to, to walk through, especially just that, just that day and just how it kind of went down. But that's when I decided to myself after you know, a while of reading pregnancy announcements and just feeling sad for myself was that, you know, we're going to have a, a a niece or a nephew and because they're coming doesn't mean that mine's not like she didn't take my kid from me. So I can't sit here and be, it's, it's such a conflicting emotions are so hard to deal with, but they're, they're so valid. You know, you can be so happy 
first one person and sad for yourself at the same time. And that's okay. And that's something that people with infertility may never understand. I work. That's why I talk about it so much because I, I want them to, because it's like we talked about at the beginning, the understanding on both sides is so paramount to us being able to walk through this life together. But, um, you know, I, I am so, I want to be so respectful of people's right to post their announcements, whatever that looks like, um, how they want to. Yeah, I think I think you really hit it too. That like it's all, it, it's all about like understanding. Right, there can be multiple emotions going on. At yeah, once, right, and just kind of people being more aware of that. I think mm-hmm. is probably helpful to when we talk about like bridging the kind of the differences with the shame and the guilt that I think a lot of people feel around this conversation yeah. in general. It, it's yeah. understanding that, like there's multiple, it's not like one thing, like people aren't having one emotion and it's not yeah. a simple decision one way or the other, right? There's right nuance and a lot of thought and a lot of feelings and, you know, a lot goes into these types of decisions and yes. the way that life goes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. And that's, I mean, for some people, parenthood is never going to be their choice. Um, But guess what? That's from both sides of it. You know, some people who are never intending to get pregnant, get pregnant. Some people who have always intended to get pregnant don't. So that just shows like, you know, we, we have to take what comes um, and then make the best decision that we can for ourselves and, navigating the rest of it, whichever side that we're on. Uh, But I just know that the more that it's talked about, the more opportunity there is for understanding from both sides. I, yes, I totally agree. And I so appreciate you coming on and being so honest and generous and thoughtful and uh, everything. Whitney, tell people where they can follow you for more of obviously this conversation, but also, you know, some of the other stuff we talked about too at the beginning. Yeah. You can follow me on Instagram at that girl, Whitney. I'm also on TikTok at that girl, Whitney, but that's a little bit more of it's, it's kind of um, weird over there. I like it, but weird, but mainly I'm on Instagram, that girl, Whitney uh, in posts, the, the, um, uh, craziness is in stories most of the time the unfiltered is in stories uh so i'd love to have anybody and everybody well i'm so glad now that everyone will be able to they know where to follow you they can see all the craziness of the stories get all the stuff and whitney thank you so much for coming on again and thank you being you and being great Thank you for listening to another episode of The Dreamer in the Details. We're so happy to have you with us. You can follow along with us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. And if you subscribe, you'll get all the new episodes sent directly to your feed. You can get in touch with me at Dylan in the Details on Instagram or DylanInTheDetails.com, which is my website. I'd love to hear your feedback and we hope to see you again next time.